0: Section 25 of Library of the World's Best Mystery and Detective Stories, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eva Easton Library of the World's Best Mystery and Detective Stories, Volume 6. BY JULIAN Hawthorne, EDITOR SECTION 25 TOLD BY THE CONSTABLE FROM THE ARABIC Ye must know that a company, among whom was a friend of mine, once invited me to an entertainment. So I went with him, and when we came into his house, and sat down on his couch, he said to me, This is a blessed day, and a day of gladness and who is he that liveth to see the like of this day? I desire that thou practice with us, and disapprove not our proceedings, for that thou hast been accustomed to fall in with those who offer this. I consented thereto, and their talk happened upon the like of this subject. Presently my friend, who had invited me, arose from among them, and said to them, Listen to me and I will acquaint you with an adventure which happened to me. There was a certain person who used to visit me in my shop, and I knew him not, nor he knew me, nor ever in his life had he seen me. But he was wont, whenever he wanted a dirham or two, by way of loan, to come to me and ask me, without acquaintance or introduction between me and him and I would give him what he required. I told none of him, and matters abode thus between us a long while, till he began a-borrowing at a time ten or twenty dirhams, more or less. One day, as I stood in my shop, behold, a woman suddenly came up to me and stopped before me, and she was a presence as she were the full moon rising from among the constellations, and the place was alight by her light. When I saw her, I fixed my eyes on her, and stared in her face, and she fell to be speaking me with soft voice. When I heard her words, and the sweetness of her speech, I was drawn to her, and as soon as she saw that I longed for her, she did her errand, and, promising me a meeting, went away, leaving my thoughts occupied with her, and fire flame in my heart. Accordingly I abode, perplexed and pondering my affair, the fire still burning in my heart, till the third day, when she came again, and I could hardly credit her coming. When I saw her, I talked with her, and cajoled her, and courted her, and craved her favour with speech, and invited her to my house. But hearing all this, She only answered, I will not go up into any one's house. Quoth I, I will go with thee, and, quoth she, Arise, and come with me. So I rose, and putting into my sleeve a kerchief, wherein was a fair sum of silver, and a considerable, followed the woman, who forewent me, and ceased not walking, till she brought me to a lane, and to a door, which she bade me unlock. I refused, and she opened it, and led me into the vestibule. As soon as I had entered, she bolted the entrance-door from within, and said to me, Sit here till I go in to the slave-girls, and cause them enter a place whence they shall not see me. Tis well,' answered I, and sat down. Whereupon she entered—' and was absent from me an eye twinkling, after which she returned to me without a veil, and straightway said, Arise, and enter in the name of Allah. So I arose, and went in after her, land we gave not overgoing, till we reached a saloon. When I examined the place, I found it neither handsome nor pleasant, but desolate and dreadful, without symmetry or cleanliness. Indeed it was loathsome to look upon, and there was in it a foul smell. After this inspection I seated myself amiddlemost the saloon, misdoubting. And, lo, and behold, as I sat, there came down on me from the dais a body of seven naked men, without other clothing than leather belts about their waists. One of them walked up to me and took my turban, while another seized my kerchief that was in my sleeve, with my money, and a third stripped me of my clothes, after which a fourth came and bound my hands behind my back with his belt. Then they all took me up, pinioned as I was, and casting me down, fell a-hailing me toward a sink-hole that was there, and were about to cut my throat, when suddenly there came a violent knocking at the door. As they heard the raps, they were afraid, and their minds were diverted from me by affright. So the woman went out, and presently returning, said to them, Fear not, no harm shall betide you this day. Tis only your comrade who hath brought you your dinner. With this the newcomer entered, bringing with him a roasted lamb. And when he came in to them, he asked, What is to do with you that ye have tucked up sleeves and bagged trousers? Replied they, This is a head of game we've caught. As he heard these words, he came up to me, and, peering in my face, cried out, and said, By Allah, this is my brother, the son of my mother and father. Allah! Allah! Then he loosed me from my pinion-bounds and bust my head. And behold, it was my friend who used to borrow silver of me. When I kissed his head, he kissed mine and said, "O oh, my brother, be not affrighted." And he called for my clothes and coin and restored all to me, nor was aught missing. Also he brought me a porcelain bowl full of sherbet of sugar, with lemons therein, and gave me to drink and the company came and seated me at a table. So I ate with them, and he said to me, O my lord and my brother, now have bread and salt passed between us, and thou hast discovered our secret and our case, but secrets with the noble are safe. I replied, As I am a lawfully begotten child and a well-bomb, I will not name aught of this nor denounce you they assured themselves of me by an oath. Then they brought me out and I went my way, very hardly crediting but that I was of the dead. I lay ill in my house a whole month, after which I went to the hammam and coming out opened my shop and sat selling and buying as was my wont, but saw no more of that man or that woman till one day there stopped before my shop a young Turkoman, as he were the full moon. And he was a sheep-merchant, and had with him a leathern bag, wherein was money, the price of sheep he had sold. He was followed by the woman, and when he stopped over against my shop, she stood by his side and cajoled him, and indeed he inclined to her with great inclination. As for me, I was dying of solicitude for him and began casting furtive glances at him, and winked at him, till he chanced to look round, and saw me signing to him. Whereupon the woman gazed at me, and made a signal with her hand, and went away. The Turkoman followed her, and I deemed him dead without a doubt. Wherefore I feared with exceeding fear, and shut my shop. Then I journeyed for a year's space, and returning— opened my shop. Whereupon, behold, the woman, as she walked by, came up to me and said, This is none other than a great absence. I replied, I have been on a journey. And she asked, Why didst thou wink at the Turkoman?" I answered, Allah forfend, I did not wink at him. Quoth she, Beware lest thou thwart me, and went away. A while after this a familiar of mine invited me to his house, and when I came to him we ate and drank and chatted. Then he asked me, O my friend, hath there befallen thee aught of sore trouble in the length of thy life? Answered I, Tell me first, hath there befallen thee aught? He rejoined, Know that one day I have spied a fair woman. So I followed her, and sued her to come home with me quoth she, I will not enter any one's house but my own. So come thou to my home, and thou wilt, and be it on such a day. Accordingly, on the appointed day, her messenger came to me, proposing to carry me to her. And when he announced his purpose, I arose and went with him, till we arrived at a goodly house and a great door. He opened the door, and I entered whereupon he bolted it behind me, and would have gone in. But I feared with exceeding fear, and foregoing him to the second door, whereby he had me enter, bolted it, and cried out at him, saying, By Allah, and thou open not to me, I will slay thee, for I am none of those whom thou canst readily cozen. What deemest thou of cozening? Verily I am startled by the loneliness of the house and the lack of any keeper at its door, for I see none appear. O my lord, this is a private door, private or public, open to me. So he opened to me, and I went out, and had gone but a little way from the door, when I met a woman, who said to me, A long life was foreordained to thee, else hadst thou never come forth of yonder house. I asked, How so? And she answered, "'Inquire of thy friend such an one, naming thee, "'and he will acquaint thee with strange things. "'So, Allah, upon thee, O my friend, "'tell me what befell thee of wondrous and marvellous, "'for I have told thee what befell me. "'O my brother, I am bound by a solemn oath. "'O my friend, false thine oath, and tell me. "'Indeed, I dread the issue of this.' But he urged me till I told him all, whereat he marvelled. Then I went away from him, and abode a long while, without further news. One day I met another of my friends, who said to me, A neighbor of mine hath invited me to hear singers. But I said, I will not foregather with any one. However, he prevailed upon me, so we repaired to the place, and found there a person who came to meet us, and said, Bismillah. Then he pulled out a key, and opened the door, whereupon we entered, and he locked the door after us. Quoth I, We are the first of the folk, but where be the singer's voices? He replied, They're within the house. This is but a private door. So be not amazed at the absence of the folk. My friend said to me, Behold, we are two, and what can they dare to do with us? Then he brought us into the house, and when we entered the saloon, we found it desolate exceedingly, and dreadful of aspect. Quoth my friend, we are fallen into a trap, but there is no majesty, and there is no might, save in Allah, the glorious, the great. And, quoth I, may God never requite thee for me with good eye. Then we sat down on the edge of the dais, and suddenly I espied a closet beside me. So I peered into it, and my friend asked me, What seest thou? I see their wealth in store, and corpses of murdered men galore. Look! So he looked and cried, By Allah we are down among the dead! And we fell a-weeping, I and he. As we were thus, behold, four men came in upon us, by the door at which we had entered, and they were naked, wearing only leather belts about their waists, and made for my friend. He ran at them, and, dealing one of them a blow with his sword pommel, knocked him down, whereupon the other three rushed upon him. I seized the opportunity to escape while they were occupied with him, and, espying a door by my side, slipped into it and found myself in an underground room, without issue, even a window. So I made sure of death, and said, There is no majesty, and there is no might, save in Allah, the glorious, the great I. Then I looked at the top of the vault, and saw in it a range of glaze and colored lunettes. So I clambered up for dear life till I reached the lunettes, and I, out of my wits for fear, I made shift to remove the glass, and, scrambling out through the setting, found behind them a wall which I bestrode. Thence I saw folk walking in the street. So I cast myself down to the ground, and Allah Almighty preserved me, and when I reached the face of earth, unhurt, the folk flocked round me, and I acquainted them with my adventure. Now, as destiny decreed, THE CHIEF OF POLICE WAS PASSING THROUGH THE MARKET-STREET. SO THE PEOPLE TOLD HIM WHAT WAS TO DO, AND HE MADE FOR THE DOOR, AND BADE RAISE IT OFF ITS HINGES. WE ENTERED WITH A RUSH, AND FOUND THE THIEVES, AS THEY HAD THROWN MY FRIEND DOWN, AND CUT HIS THROAT. FOR THEY OCCUPIED NOT THEMSELVES WITH ME, BUT SAID, WHITHER SHALL YONDER FELLOW WEND? VERILY HE IS IN OUR GRASP. SO THE wali HENT THEM WITH THE HAND, and questioned them of their case and they confessed against the woman and against their associates in Cairo then he took them and went forth after he had locked up the house and sealed it and I accompanied him till he came without the first house he found the door bolted from within so he bade raise it and we entered and found another door this also he caused pull up enjoining his men to silence till the door should be lifted and we entered and found the band occupied with new game whom the woman had just brought in and whose throat they were about to cut the chief released the man and gave him back whatso the thieves had taken from him and he laid hands on the woman and the rest and took forth of the house a mint of money with which they found the purse of the Turkoman sheep merchant they at once nailed up the thieves against the house wall While, as for the woman, they wrapped her in one of her mantillas, and, nailing her to a board, set her upon a camel, and went round about the town with her. Thus Allah raised their dwelling-places, and did away from me that which I feared from them. All this befell while I looked on, had I saw not my friend who had saved me from them the first time. Whereat I wondered to the utterest of wonderment, However, some days afterward he came up to me, and indeed he had renounced the world and donned a fakir's dress, and he saluted me and went away. Then he again began to pay me frequent visits, and I entered into conversation with him, and questioned him of the band, and how he came to escape, he alone of them all. He replied— I left them from the day on which Allah the Most High delivered thee from them, for that they would not obey my say. So I swore I would no longer consort with them. Quoth I, By Allah I marvel at thee, for that assuredly thou wast the cause of my preservation. Quoth he, The world is full of this sort, and we beseech the Almighty to send us safety For that these wretches practice upon men with every kind of malpractice. End of section twenty five. Recording by Eva Easton, Slotesburg, New York, two thousand eleven.